Welcome into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5, the game here on a Wednesday edition of the show. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. Boys, happy hump day. We should take uh, all of our pre-show Man. conversations and commercial Can breaks. put them on a podcast? Put them on a something? podcast and then put them behind a paywall and then put a rating on it. Oh, man, it would be, it would be, it would be so awesome. Calipari is the greatest coach ever. Oh, Um, you got it in there early. It would be awesome. (laughs) Jesus. Wow. I know, I know. Oh, man. Not a good Um, night, Nick, for you, buddy. No. Or for you. uh, No, it wasn't. Duke Duke was good and Sparty was not. My my boy, though, that that I was talking up yesterday, Trey Jones, pretty big down the stretch last night. But he he was not the best player. No, that no, that no. Maxi kid for Kentucky. Oh yeah, yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. It, Freshman, first time ever guarding against number one. Yeah. No, he's Kentucky's got better athletes. There's no question about that. That's the kid they said is the one and done. Yeah, I'm not suggesting Trey Jones is like the best player or whatever. I just I just am pointing he's, he's out good, that though. he's very good. And oh by the way, he's back. I feel like people don't know that he was back. And uh, that bounce pass, that bounce pass he had outside outside the three point arc. Yeah. Oh my god, he's. He, what do you have? Like fifteen, six, and six with a couple steals. Like he's 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 a hell of a player, man. Is Kansas a disgrace for the amount of turnovers they had last night? Kansas had, I think, at least twenty four turnovers. Like when I was watching that game, I'm like, if Kansas doesn't turn the ball over, they should be beating Duke by double digits. Well, yeah, they lost by what two points, one point, something. Yeah, it was okay. very very close. Um, I mean, it, you look at these teams, and um, they shouldn't they shouldn't have a ranking. At the beginning of the season, because like the first yeah, it doesn't matter ten games of the season, it's like you know, some team because you're always especially because you're always going to have, which I love that the NCAA does, is that they have the top ranked teams play each other, and no, I don't you know, think that's NCAA. I think that's TV. Yeah, well, TV. <laughs> but what I'm saying is these, but these, um, you know, these universities are scheduling it, like you know, Calipari, oh, of course, or yeah. or Izzo. Or, you know, Krzyzewski, they schedule these teams. Do you think they're doing that out of the kindness of their heart, or do you think they're collecting a large paycheck? Oh, they're collecting a large yeah. paycheck. But I like Izzo's philosophy, uh, and he said this years ago. Like, he, he would rather play those tough teams early because he knows the Big Ten is tough. I want to see where my team is at. And I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure Calipari yeah. does the same thing, and Krzyzewski and, and, and some of these, you know, um, really good coaches they want to see where their team is at early so when it once they get into conference yeah. play it gets tough and and th- that is because watch this boys results in college basketball don't necessarily matter early in the year results in college football absolutely matter Re- even yeah. if you just win by a point even if you just beat north carolina by a point on a two-point conversion defense or if you beat iowa by five points or if you you know, you lose to Kansas State. Like it, results matter. Uh, one result matters. A missed field goal for Georgia has has changes the rankings last night. So the the results don't matter as much in college basketball because it's all about, like you said, Derek, testing your team early to make sure they're prepared for mm-hmm. March or or conference s- schedules at least because um, those still results do matter. But you know, the rankings coming out last night. The results clearly are, are, are important. Otherwise, Oklahoma would be mm-hmm. sitting there at 4-5. Now they're down at 9 or 10, and the Big 12 might be out of the playoff based on what we saw last night. Mm-hmm. So your thoughts, your first reaction, Ohio State 1, LSU 2, Bama 3, Penn State 4, and then the guys on the outside looking in was what? 
Uh, Clemson five, uh, Georgia six. Um, and listen, I, I think the the two biggest you, you know first reaction number one for me is if I'm Dabo Sweeney, I am the happiest dude on the planet. Mm-hmm. I am the happiest dude on the planet. If I'm Dabo Sweeney, I could not be happier. I think Reese Davis said it last night. Could not the most excited guy to see Clemson pop up at five is Dabo Sweeney because he's going to take that and he's going to plaster it all over the facility and say, "Look at this, boys." 25, 26 straight. You're winning by 35 points a game. You got the best player in America. Nobody trusts you. Nobody believes in you. And that he's the happiest guy on the planet. So that was my first reaction. Uh, number two, I, I have a little bit more question, a few more questions about if Alabama can lose to LSU and still get in. I still think that's a, a conversation worth mm-hmm. having. And then number three, the Big 12 looks like they're behind almost everybody. If, yeah. if George is a one-loss champion, they right now there's not they're not going to fall behind Oklahoma. If if Oregon or Utah win out and win the Pac-12 championship at twelve and one, I'm not sure they're going to fall behind Oklahoma. Um, you, you know, if if a one loss Penn State or Ohio State is sitting there, or a one loss LSU or Alabama is sitting there, I don't know if they fall behind Oklahoma. So the Big Twelve might be boxed out of all this based on what we've seen last night. Their schedule is going to get tougher, mm-hmm. and they're going to get better better wins because they still have Iowa State and you know Baylor on the road. Like there's still a couple of marquee wins for Oklahoma, but. I don't. I don't know if that that uh, last night felt like a pretty bad night for the Big Twelve. Well, if Baylor, Baylor's the team that sort of, you know, it's bad for them uh, because no matter what, if Clemson, Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, even if they all lose one game, I don't see how Baylor jumps up. You know, above all those teams, you yeah, figure I if agree. Ohio State beat Penn State. Say LSU beat Alabama, Clemson continues to win. Because, to me, Baylor is so low, they would have to beat Texas twice. Um, or Oklahoma twice. Or Oklahoma yeah. twice. And to, they still play Texas. Exactly. And to, in order to even, you know, think about cracking the top the top four, yeah. they're in a bad position being so low at number 10. I'm surprised that they're at 12. I really am. Well, they, they have played an awful non-conference schedule. Uh, they've got a nice win over Kansas State, and uh-huh. that's about it. Like, look, look at the wins for a lot of these teams. Who's, who's Oklahoma's best win? Texas? Yeah. Not a- and that's a three-loss team not, at this point? Not ranked. Right. Who, who's, who's Baylor's best win? Who's Minnesota's best win? Who's Utah's best win? Who's, who's Oregon's best win? Who's Oklahoma? No, you're right. No, like, at Washington? Well, Utah lost to USC. Now, that now USC's better than people think, and it was on the road at the Coliseum where they're really good. I don't think that's a, it was a close game on a Friday night. Like, I don't think that's a terrible loss. It's not even close to as bad as South Carolina or Kansas State as far as how you, lo- how you lost to Kansas State and the, bad, the, the badness the badness of the South Carolina team. Um, but, but who are these teams? Who's Alabama's best win? At A&M? Okay, that's not bad. But that's that's not that much better than like what these other teams are bringing to the table. Sure. Like Oregon and Utah's best win are both they both went up to Washington and won. That's probably the best win for both of them. I'm looking at this and and um in in the p- committee probably would it would never come out. Or they would never say it. But I think the reason Conspiracy. that they chose to put Penn State at four, they don't believe Penn State's going to be Ohio State. They believe <laughs> Penn State is going to lose and be out anyway. Why? Because my thing is you put Clemson at. At five, Clemson has blown everybody out except North Carolina. Clemson will be undefeated, yeah. and they're going to be in the playoff regardless. Exactly. And then Penn State has had some close games, period. They've had close games. and But better, you, but better wins. Yeah, but better wins. Slightly. But you put them ahead of Clemson. My, my thought is they know, they don't believe that Penn State can beat Ohio State. 
So they know eventually, once the rankings come back again after the game, after Penn State and Ohio State play, Clemson will jump them, and Penn State will drop to eight. Well, and they'll feel justified this exactly. week if they beat Minnesota. Yeah. If Penn State goes on the road and beats undefeated Minnesota, who checked in at, like, what, 17 or 17. something? Yeah, I mean, which is very low for, for that team. Polls had them at 13. For undefeated. And I'm okay with it. Minnesota barely beat a bunch of bad teams early in the year. Like, talk about eye test or domination. Like, now they are dominating teams now, but mm-hmm. they're dominating, like, Maryland. And, you know, like, they're not beating a bunch of great Rutgers and... Like their schedule's atrocious. They they did they did wax Nebraska, but Nebraska's a team that's under five hundred right now. So I, I just think what they're doing is they're covering their if they beat Minnesota, they don't have to justify the jump, right? Yeah. Like they put them in there and if they if Penn State beats Minnesota, then they'll feel justified at putting Penn State at number four. Because then they'll have another quality win that's re- that again is it's quality, but like is beating Pittsburgh eighteen to ten a, a super really good win or just sort of like a good win? Yeah. It's a good win. It's yeah. nothing great though. Scoring 18 points on Pittsburgh is not a reason that you belong amongst Alabamas and Clemsons of the world. You right. know, like beating Iowa 17 to 12 on the road is a really good win. Well, I, I ticked off Penn but State fans last night on Twitter. I, I said that Clemson would beat Penn State by 17 points yes. on a neutral yeah. field. Yes, I think so. So again, I I, I saw that and I was like, that's ridiculous. Clemson's mm-hmm. the better team, but who cares? Number one, because they're all go- like right now, one and four. Like, look at the matchups in the playoff if it started today. What are the matchups? Ohio State and Penn State, one versus four. And LSU Bama two three. They're both going to happen. Both those games are literally going to happen in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. So who cares? First of all, <laughs> um, but again, if I'm Dabo Sweeney, I'm like hell yeah, put us on the Roy bus, man. Wait. Take us out of the top four. We've only won twenty six straight by thirty five points a game with the best player in America. No big deal. Just just leave us out of the playoff. You know who I feel bad for is, uh-huh. is NC State. Oh yeah. This week NC oh, State God. is at home against Clemson. NC State's a 32-and-a-half-point underdog at home to Clemson. Clemson's going to come in disrespected, not being in the playoff. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, listen, people listen to me. Lay the points. <laughs> listen to me right now. If you've ever listened to me for one thing, just listen for this. <laughs> Find your bookie and bet Clemson for everything you own. They will win by 50, and they will destroy <laughs> NC State to stick it right up the committee's keister. So, like, just, again, since the, since the one-point game against North Carolina. I mean, they basically dominated Texas A&M, 24-3 to until A&M had the late cover in the back door there um, in, like, the final minute. Since the one-point loss... By the way, North Carolina is not a terrible team, also, by the way. They're much improved. Great true freshman quarterback, Sam Howell. If you like watching quarterbacks, he is going to be a, an NFL draft pick. Um, they, beat, they, beat, they beat Florida State, who I think is what? They, I know they just fired their coach. Four or but five. They're, but they're, they're, four they're right around 500. Yeah. Nothing special, but they beat him by, you know, they beat him by 31 points. Louisville is a, a winning record team on the road, beat them by 35 points. Boston College has got a winning record in the ACC. Again, none, none of these teams are great. Beat them 59-7. to seven. The, These teams are comparable with the best wins for all the other teams, right? Oklahoma yeah. and Oregon and Utah. and You know, you get on the list. That's what makes Georgia interesting. They have one of the worst losses, but they have two top 15 wins. That's what makes Georgia interesting is they've beaten... Notre Dame and Florida, and basically dominated both of them on defense. Well, the two teams that, that to me, that's why when we did our rankings yesterday, I ranked Florida higher than Florida and Georgia higher um, be, regardless of their loss because I look at their, their strength of schedule. I look at who they play. Um, and Georgia, like you said, Georgia has played a tough – Georgia and LSU, they both have played a tough schedule. And yeah, Georgia road, with Texas the blimp, win. with the blimp, you know, with the 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 little, you know, scuff they had against uh, South Carolina. 
I mean, this is a team that, you know, based on their schedule, they they are a top four team. You know, yeah. to me, Georgia's a top four team to me. Uh, even though I didn't put them, I think I had them five right outside that's my top what, four. That's yeah. where I've got them. Um, I still think that they have a shot. If they run the table, they still have a shot at making oh. the playoffs. Look, look who they're going to play. They're going to play Auburn, mm-hmm. A&M, and then either LSU or Bama. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, they're going to win their way in if they if they win out. What does that do to the other teams in the SEC? That's mm-hmm. a totally different discussion altogether. I, I just think there's a huge difference, and I think we've evolved as college football as, a, as, a, as a, a, an entity. There's A zero and the one in the loss column is not that big a deal. The no. difference between those two things is not that big a deal. Everybody plays either down to a competition or has one game where they mess up. If you lose twice, though, you're just not one of the best four teams. And that's just sort of where it's at. Like... Once is a, is an anomaly. You can explain it away. It happens to everybody, right? Clemson's North Carolina, Georgia's South Carolina. You know, Oklahoma did, went to Kansas State and laid a total egg. Like everyone has those one games, it, but once you do it twice, then it, then it's a trend. And then mm-hmm. you, I, I think there's a huge difference between one and two in the loss column and a zero and a one. If that makes any sense. Here's what we got coming up on the show today. Tim Brando is going to join us to kick off the second hour from Fox Sports. We've got Derek Mason. Vanderbilt head coach, also a oh, wow. D-Mace dissection today. Uh, you going to dissect Derek no, Mason? I, I think, Is that uh, your all 22? I, 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 think, I, I think yeah. he's still in the laboratory. I think I'm in the laboratory. My computer went bonkers yesterday. Oh, so we we, 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 yeah, we we have to push it back to tomorrow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Dude, all the sponsors uh, the, are going to be pissed. Yeah, my, my lab, man. I mean, I had a little fire in the lab yesterday. You got a little rust on the scalpel. Yeah, one, one of the techs, you know, one of the techs was messing around and, and spilled something, you know, on the, on the computer while I was in the back is working. That, is, is like that fat guy from Jurassic Park? Yeah, he just, I don't know what he was trying to do. <laughs> He's trying to. But he ended up, you know, I think he was eating, drinking a Coke and eating, trying eating to steal a honey that, bun, you know. <laughs> trying to steal that dino <laughs> <Exactly>. DNA. <laughs> And he knocked over his Coke into the machine, man. And I came running out, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's got ink on his face. Like, yeah, oh, it's just like so. Do you yeah. realize what you just done? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so we got Brando. We got Derek Mason. We have no dissection today. Uh, Sean Henry's going to join us from the Predators. Adam Vingan. A lot to get to here this morning. It is Morning Drive. We are live from the Wholesaling Studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. When we come back... One man believes that Tua will not be the better quarterback in the NFL, and his counterpart will be. He works at this very own radio station. He's next on Morning Drive. From what I've seen, and I haven't seen every game, I mean, the one that looks the most um, NFL-ready that I've seen a bunch is probably Burrow. And yet, you know, there's a lot of discussion about that. Um, Tua... I, you know, you have to love Tua for what he's done, and yet, you know, those injuries are a concern. And and you don't want a guy that's going to come into the league. I mean, you know, he's struggling to stay healthy there and, and you know, probably will end up with a team that won't have as good a protection as what he had in college. So, you know, where does that end up? Um, you know, Herbert, the guy, the guy at uh, Oregon, I mean, he looks like the real deal. But, again, I haven't seen – you know, I've seen probably bits and pieces of three games. So I don't know. You know, it's still wide open. There's a lot to do. I'll tell you, if in fact they head in that direction, there will be so much scrutiny and so much time spent on those guys that, I mean, you'll know more about them than you want to know. That was Floyd Reese yesterday here on Morning Drive discussing the college football quarterbacks 
And obviously, we're going to see Tua and Joe Burrow coming up on Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Obviously, the Titans will be in the market for a quarterback. We know in all likelihood, Tua is going to be well without of reach. Oh, I totally disagree. You think the Titans could trade up to... I think all of them are in reach. Yeah, I disagree with that. What happens if the Titans finish... And I'm not trying to derail your, your, your intro here, but... Like, what happens if the Titans are picking 17th and all these guys are on the board at 8? Like, that's not that far-fetched. That could happen. But you think John Robinson would give up all of his picks and all of his assets I, when they need offensive line help and I, defensive line help? I hope that any organization, any front office man who th- or, or woman who thinks that they have found the answer at, for, at, for 15 years at quarterback would spend anything it takes to get that. Oh, yeah, same here. I, you would I, hope. I, I don't care. How, give up how many picks you need. If you think... I mean, but, you know, right. within reasonable, you know, prices here. If somebody's saying, "Hey, give us like five first-round picks," okay, no, I'm not giving you, I'm not giving you, f- unless for Trevor Lawrence, then you can have like my firstborn child, my secondborn child. You can have the dog if you want, um, and the deed to my house. I want Trevor Lawrence, but I, I think, I, I, I don't think it's out of the question that the Titans finish, you know, seven and nine, and are picking at twelve or thirteen or fourteen, somewhere in that range, and that there's five or six good quarterbacks on the board at five or six, or seven, and that they have to pick their guy. But it has to be the guy. That's, right, that's but if issue. it was... It if better it w- be Patrick Mahomes or whatever else. You better it, believe in him so much that it's worth it. If we're looking at the Bengals basically winless, we're looking at the Jets with one loss, or one win, the, the Redskins with one win, I don't think the Jets would... I mean, they got Sam they're, Darnold, they're not gonna, even though he's regressing. And the Redskins used the first-round pick last year. Right. So those two aren't. The Dolphins and the, the Bengals will probably take quarterbacks, unless the Dolphins are trying to get Trevor right. next year. Um, you know, I, again, I'm just saying, like, again, Deshaun Watson went 10th. He had the ACL problem. You know, um, Mahomes went or 12th, I think, or maybe vice versa. The, the point is, is that those guys, you know, we, we've, we've documented where Derek Carr was drafted, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott. Like, there's, you can get quarterbacks. So I, I, don't, I don't think you necessarily have to mortgage the future to go get a guy. But if there is a guy that you believe in, right. Trade, trade, to, trade the picks. Go get the guy you want. But, but here's where I disagree with Floyd, with Burrow. Like, if you believe Joe Burrow's a better quarterback than Tua, just a flat-out better NFL prospect, that's fine. But to me, I think it's flawed logic to go with Joe Burrow over Tua because of what Floyd alluded to, and that is the health. Like, would you draft Joe Burrow instead of Tua? Let's just say, hypothetically, you're the first uh-huh. pick. You love them both. Would you take Burrow over Tua simply because Tua's been more, quote, injury-prone? If they both were equal, yeah, I would. Okay. If they, do, you, if that, do you view yeah, them both saying, equally? I'm saying if they both were equal. I think, and this is just me, I think Joe Burrow is the better NFL quarterback. Not to say that Tua's not going to be good. I think Tua's going to be good. But I think Joe Burrow, they're both going to struggle because they're both going to go to horrible teams. Unless, you know, the Titans can move up or one of these teams that are okay can move up to that spot where they can get one of these quarterbacks. But if they don't, then any, no matter wh- where these two guys are drafted, they're going to go to bad teams, and they're going to struggle right away. Um, so I understand what Floyd is saying. Uh, if, they're both are, if they both are equal, then who do I take? Well, if I'm a bad team, I'm taking a guy that's been more, more healthy, and, and that's six, Joe Burrow. And he's 6'4", 220. Exactly, and it's no knack yeah. on Tua. I still think Tua's going to be a good quarterback, but – Based upon my condition, meaning my offensive line is probably not that good or whatnot, I'm taking a guy that has been healthy throughout college, not a guy 
that has had, you know, two injuries back, well, three injuries back to back, two or three injuries back to back that has put him out of multiple games. Not to say that his ability to play the game is any less. It's just, you know, the history factor, you know, history factor comes, the injury factor comes in. If he's been injured more times than not, and I have both of these quarterbacks on sort of the same pedestal, then I'm going with the guy that's a little bit more healthy. Now, this is what's going to, this is what's going to make it very interesting, because both of these quarter, all these quarterbacks that are coming out are around 22, 21, 22, 23 years old. Teddy Bridgewater is only twenty six years old. Is that all he is? Yeah, he's twenty six. Yeah, he's twenty six years old. He's I'm surprised he, essentially by that. he's going to be like a number one pick. So when you look at Cincinnati, when you look at Miami, do they want to go with a guy that's still in his 20s, well, he early, turns, he, he mid-20s? Does, he turns 27 in like three days. Yeah, 27. <laughs> a guy that's in 27, you figure, yeah. I could still get 10 years out of him. If he stays healthy, I can get 10 years, probably yeah, more than he, that. But he's more injury prone than Tua is. But if I, but if I, if I protect him. I just don't think he's got the upside. For that amount of money? Well, the guy's good. No, no, I agree. The guy's trust good. me. I like if I'm, if I like I'm Miami, Miami, if I'm one of these teams, he's, he's 27 and seven against the spread as a quarterback. He's great. He's <laughs> yeah. not good. So, he's great. But if I'm one of these teams, like Cincinnati, and 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 just really Cincinnati, because I think Cincinnati they have talent. I just don't think they have the quarterback. If they can get somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, that puts them out the market for a quarterback. Well, they also just drafted Finley last year. Yeah, he's not the answer. I I, I think. I, I think Terry Bridgewater he will come into play with some of these top teams that yes, need a quarterback. I, I, and I and I think, trust me, I think the strategy of drafting trade like if you told me I can draft Chase Young, try to get Lawrence next year, and have Teddy Bridgewater on a two year deal, that's a hell of a that's a hell of an equation. Mm-hmm. I, I would take that in two seconds. The question is, is he charging Nick Foles money? Is that too? Is that is that expensive for a quarterback? Is that inexpensive for a quarterback? He's like, going to get at least twenty five, like in between twenty five and twenty seven million. Is that dollars. just because the that's what the dollar figure is? Because I don't think again. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a good player. I think he's been uh, fortunate to be in good situations. He can't get the ball down the field. He, he is not an elite passer, but he's a good quarterback. So I like I like having that guy. I just don't think he's. It's like Nick Foles. I don't think they're worth twenty two or twenty five million dollars. Maybe that's just the going rate. Right. Uh, let me ask you something about uh, Burrow though, Derek, because I think this could. I think this is both a positive and a negative. The idea that it has just sort of come out of nowhere, right? Like, I, I think one of the interesting things comparing Tua to Joe Burrow is Joe Burrow is making tougher throws. Mm-hmm. Like, Tua is just, and this is also a problem with Trevor Lawrence. Tua has so much faith in, in the system and his receivers that he doesn't have to make a lot of great, difficult NFL throws. Joe Burrow is making, even though the receivers are great, He's making a lot of really tough throws. He's played against really tough defenses, Auburn, Florida, and made really tough throws into tight windows so far, and that's been very impressive. How much of it is this Johnny-come-lately, just this one-year flash because Joe Brady stepped in and helped the offense? Is that a concern, or is that a positive because it's an NFL coach with an NFL system, and he's showing that he can run the NFL style? It can kind of go both directions. Well, I think because of what he did last year, um, you saw, everybody saw Joe Burrow last year, and they said, this guy's a good quarterback. He's not going to make many, he's not going to make any mistakes. He's going to do exactly what you want him to do. And if they can just, if LSU can just elevate their play calling, you think he would be better. Yeah. Well, they elevated their play calling, and he's much better. Um, I think that works in his favor because he showed, even in a system that didn't allow him to throw the ball much, he 
was able to protect the football and make really good decisions. And then when you put him in a a system that allows him to throw the ball even more, he just expands his play. He doesn't make bad mistakes, and he throws touchdowns, and he does what's necessary of a quarterback. When I I mean, after that Auburn game, I said – well, the Florida game, I thought, okay, this guy's he's good. But then after that Auburn game, yeah, a, I said, this, I said this guy's legit. Yeah. He is legit because he did what he did against Auburn that last drive showed me that he was basically above everyone else on it. He was the best player on the field. He showed that he was the best player on the, because yeah. that that drive it never seemed like he panicked. Not once did it seem like he panicked. In that drive, it was like two. It was like an NFL drive. Two minutes left in the game, like a minute and thirty seconds yeah. left in the game, and just methodically moving the ball so, down the field. Let me bring up a third player here because the the top three are largely two of Joe Burrow and and Justin Herbert. Uh-huh. The, the Jalen Hurts and Jake Fromm. There's a couple other really good options, but they're more down the first round, like later in the first round. So those are guys the Titans could actually target and probably not have to trade up to get. But Justin Herbert, I, here here's a, I don't know what you guys think about this. I think you could argue the last three games. They dominated Southern Cal. They beat Washington State on a come-from-behind you know, last-minute drive, and they beat um, Washington. He wasn't the better quarterback on the field. I'm not sure he was the better quarterback in any of those three games. Anthony Gordon for Washington State, Jacob Eason for Washington, and Keaton Slovis, a, a true freshman for USC. You could argue all played better football than Justin Herbert, but in the fourth quarter, in the critical drive, when, when the Ducks needed a drive to win the game, Justin Herbert delivered a drive. So what do you make of that? Because I I am not as sold on Justin Herbert, not because he went to Oregon, but because I just don't buy the the, the prospect. He's not necessarily putting up the elite numbers, but then he's really clutch in the fourth quarter. So I don't, there's something to consider there with Justin Herbert. Six one five seven three seven one zero two five. The number. If you would like to jump in, good thirty minutes there on college football, the playoff rankings, as well as Tua versus Burrow, and also all the other quarterbacks that are certainly going to be. Potentially available for John Robinson and the Tennessee Titans, 737-1025. Thinking about this yesterday, I've got the perfect game plan. Now, I don't know if it can be executed. That's a completely different story. Mm. But if Arthur Smith doesn't at least attempt this, I think the jury is out on Arthur Smith. The verdict is in. Back after this on Morning Drive. 634, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game. We're going to get to Arthur Smith and the Tennessee Titans coming up in just one moment. Uh, but let's get a quick college football call in here. Zach wants to check in on the college football rankings from last night. Zach, you're first up today on Morning Drive. What's up, Zach? Hey, how are y'all? Good. So uh, this is more about, I guess, Tua and, and, uh, versus Burrow. But okay. um, the rankings are about what I expected last night, to be honest with you. And, you know, that all work itself out in the end. But um, as far as the Titans, if, I, if, if they were going to draft one of those two, I would just prefer it to be Burrow. As uh, I believe it was Derek said, with that injury history, both ankles now with Tua really scares me. And Tua is great, but I feel like it's something that's overlooked. I feel like his stats are kind of inflated because his receivers get a lot of yards after catch, and that makes it look a lot better than what it actually is. I'm not saying he's bad, but, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, no, those little seven-yard RPO slants turn into 75-yard house calls. It could be, and that's the same thing that people are now seeing. People started to see with Marcus Mariota that I pointed out a long time ago. A lot of his yardage was after the catch. 
These guys were catching screen passes, hitches, slants, and then taking it 80 yards. I'm not saying I would be – I hope that Tua doesn't fall into that category where he gets in the NFL, he's a good quarterback, but then you start to see the flaws in his game because he can't make certain throws. I'm telling you, they're going to pick him apart. They're going to pick both of the quarterbacks apart. But I think they're going to really pick two apart oh, they're all uh, in the draft. Yeah. I think they're really going to pick him apart in the draft because they're going to look at it. There's a lot of science. And say, well, you've only really, you know, you've you've only really thrown these plays. And then your receivers have been completely wide open. You've never made really consistently a tough throw. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to look at um, um, Burrow and they're going to say, well, he's made a lot of tough throws. I think they're both. Really good quarterbacks. I think both of them will struggle in the NFL because they're going to go to bad teams. Um, but if I had my pick, if both guys are equal, I am taking Burrow because of the hit, the injury history with Tua. Nothing else but the injury history. Yeah, and let's let's again let's track the pedigree on Burrow for a second because it does feel like he just kind of came out of nowhere, right? But he and, hasn't. <laughs> but that's the thing. He's a four star recruit who's a big time player who went to Ohio State and getting even though Colin Coward doesn't know that. Um, he signed with Urban Meyer at Ohio State, and not being as good as Dwayne Haskins in college is not really a knock. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins was exceptional in college, first-round draft pick, so he transfers to LSU. It's sort of like Jalen Hurts. Like People rip on Hurts. It's like not being as good as Tua is not is like 99.9% of all quarterbacks in college football. You're not going to beat out Tua. Uh, it's the same thing with Fields and Fromm, right? Like Fromm's pretty good. That's why Fields transferred. So not being as good as Dwayne Haskins is not a big knock on a four-star recruit who went to Ohio State, who then transferred to LSU, and with the mo- one of the most archaic offenses in history, he goes 15 touchdowns, two picks, wins nine or ten games in his first year as a starter. What separates him from a lot of people, not Tua, but the entire locker room is in love with the guy. Like mm-hmm. he, His teammates have – there's a Baker Mayfield level of admiration and respect that Joe Burrow just – just, some people are just very likable, right? And he just – automatically just steps into a locker room and wins people over. And now, he what what did I say all summer long? Well, he's unspectacular, but he wins games. Well, now not only is he winning games, but he's spectacular too. Like mm-hmm. He's making the big plays because now he's got an NFL coordinator calling his plays and designing his offense. So I, I think he's shown that he belongs in this conversation. 6'4", 6'3", 215, 220, big arm. He's making all the throws. He's a, a, an excellent athlete. He'll run the ball if he needs to. He's shown, I mean, listen, he's got a chance to show the world what he's all about on Saturday. So, speaking of designing an offense, thinking about this yesterday, right? You go back to October the 6th, Sunday Night Football on NBC. The Colts defeated the Chiefs 19-13. to If Arthur Smith has a brain cell within his head, <laughs> he's going to look at that tape. Now, I get it. The Colts' offensive line is probably the best in football. If not, they're second behind the Dallas Cowboys. Titans' offensive line is trash. But Patrick Mahomes coming back from injury this week, you know, maybe not at 100%. Titans have a really good defense. I don't think this game gets out of hand on Sunday. And by the way, when the Colts played the Chiefs, the Colts had four starters out on defense and still held Mahomes to 13 points. Uh, why, ask? Why, why, Nick? I don't know. Why? Why, why do you ask? No, I'm, I'm setting you oh. up here because you're about to tell us why. Well, Jacoby Brissett threw 29 times in that game. Marlon Mack ran 29 times. Mm. You throw in Wilkins had seven carries. Naheem Hines had two. They ran it 38 times Mm. in that football game. 
If Arthur Smith, and they put the blueprint together that night, everybody was saying the next morning, that's how you beat the Chiefs. Time of possession, 37 to 22 minutes in favor of the Colts. Thanks for telling us, Nick. If Arthur Smith doesn't run it down Kansas City's throat, he should be escorted out of Nissan Stadium. Barring, you know, the Chiefs all of a sudden start lightening it up and you have to bail on the run. Oh, of course. I think that's that's the way you can try to beat a Kansas City Chief team. Um, that you slow the game up, run the football, time of possession, keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand. Um, but on the other side, you have to play defense against these guys. And the Titans now down – they are down a, cor- a corner – and Malcolm Butler, he's been put on IR. Um, I don't trust LaShawn Sims. I don't trust no one on that secondary at this point in time to cover those four guys in Kansas City. Um, they're going to have to get to pa- uh, Patrick Mahomes. They're going to have to get to him. They can't – Dean Pease and Dean Pease has never been this way. Can't sit back and say we're going to play coverage. No, you got to try to get to him and – is the is the Tennessee Titans defensive front good enough to get to Patrick Mahomes uh, play in and play out? I don't know, but they're going to have to when the ball is thrown, they're going to have to get the man on the ground. And if they don't get the the man on the ground, it's going to be a track meet for the Tennessee Titans. They have nobody that for uh, nobody with foot speed, not even Jackson, that can cover Hill or <laughs> um, or the kid out of. Um, Sammy Watkins? Uh, no, not Sammy Watkins. Nicole uh, Hardman, Hardman out of Georgia. They're, out of they're Georgia. all pretty fast. These guys are just uber fast. I Kelsey's mean, the fastest tight end probably in the league, right? You have so much speed yeah. on that field that can't play bump man-to-man. What do you do against a defense like that? Well, you keep the ball as an offense. Yeah. That's that's what you have I, to do. I, I It's funny. Like I think about this matchup, and I almost just can't allow myself to worry about the defense against Patrick Mahomes. Like, you can't, you almost have to just ignore it. You have to say, all right, the only chance they have to win the game, the defense has to play great. So, like, you have to sort of just, like, eliminate that. Like, is, I know this sounds weird, but if Patrick Mahomes and that offense is scoring points, game's over. No chance. So, like, you almost have to just eliminate that part of the analysis and just say, help us, Dean Pease, you're our only hope. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to just sort of throw that half of the matchup out and just say, well, if you're not going to win at all on defense and the strength of your team is not going to be good, then you have no chance. If the defense is really good and it's as good a defense as we've seen so far in the NFL, even without Malcolm Butler, if they can, Harold Landry is starting to really come on and having, is having a really nice season. You know, if Jeffrey Simmons is getting more snaps and all, you know, all these reasons, okay, just assume the defense plays well enough to keep the team in the game. Then you can start to have the conversation about how this team can win. But you got to just let that – you almost have to eliminate that part and just say, okay, now what, what can the offense do, assuming the defense is playing well? Mm-hmm. Because there's no chance they can win if the defense doesn't play well. No. There's no way they keep up. Now, if, if the defense is playing well, what does the offensive scheme and strategy look like? And, yeah, that's the blueprint. You have Derrick Henry. You have Deion Lewis. You have guards and, and – you have a, a center question. You have two guards that are better run blockers than they are pass blockers. You've got – um, receivers that aren't getting open, you've got a backup quarterback playing. Like, run the football. T- keep it away from the Chiefs and and hope that you're in the game in the fourth quarter. They've shown us that they can win these games, but there's also a part of me that thinks the Chiefs are just going to win by 30. Can, can we import Anthony Costanzo and uh, Quentin yeah. Nelson for the week yeah, right. and Braden Smith and the rest of that group? I love a good Braden. <laughs> can we just take 
I don't know. He didn't play particularly well. Can we take the um, the 2000 Raven defense? Can we? <laughs> I mean, hell, while we're defense? at it, can we get can we get uh, Aaron Rodgers and Vince Lombardi as well? Like, are they available? And the Titans defense is good, but they have been exposed the last two weeks. Um, and I think the fatigue of the season and the fatigue of them having to carry the team yeah. uh, for you know seven games, I think it's starting to wear. Um, you know, Jarrell Casey's. Um, Injured, I believe. Um, uh, Malcolm Butler's out. Um, guys are just banged up. You got a young guy in Simmons that is going to have to play more snaps. You don't know what that's mm-hmm. going to do is do to his knee. Um, so this is a defense that you're starting to see um, chinks in armor because they had to do so much so early. What can Jarrell Casey give you? Yeah, we don't. I mean, is didn't he going to play? Didn't play. Yeah, he so. doesn't. Yeah, so. Now what? Yep. And Malcolm Butler placed on IR. So there you have that. When we come back, we'll continue the NFL conversation. One team in the AFC South is getting healthier and better, you would presume. And one guy uh, heads to IR, but is he headed to the Music City? We'll discuss that next on Morning Drive. It is Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game, Tim Brando, excuse me, from Fox Sports, will join us coming up at the top of the hour to talk some college football, Bama LSU, playoff rankings, all the big stories on Saturday. But two big stories in the NFL yesterday. Uh, First of all, Nick Foles back in the helm at Jacksonville, starting quarterback, and uh, I guess the mustache era is over. Uh, Are you guys surprised they went back to Nick Foles? Uh, No. No. $88 million? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. He back. So, I will Until say, he gets hurt again. I will say this. I, I'm fascinated to see what Nick Foles is as a starting quarterback outside of Philadelphia, whether it's good or bad. I, you know, I'm not a huge believer of, of Nick Foles. I've said that for a long time, but I still would like to see what it looks like. Um, Jacksonville went from, and this is what's interesting if you're a Titans fan or a fan of any NFL team with a quarterback question. You know, Gardner Menchu is under a six-year contract, a sixth-round draft pick contract, right? So he's very, very cheap for four years. Mm-hmm. You've got Nick Foles, who's expensive, but you got him under contract for four years. You got a pretty interesting and you know deep quarterback room now in Jacksonville. You may not have a guy, but you've got a, a nice room there. After having a giant question mark at that position for a long time, so in one off season, they acquired a guy and drafted a guy that they felt would make their team better. Now we'll see if it actually works, but it happened pretty quickly. It, like that, if you're a Titans fan or a Bengals fan or any of these teams, you're looking at what the Jacksonville Jaguars did, and you go. Man, we found kind of a a gem in the sixth round. Sure, we might have overpaid, but we found a starter that we could pay for. You know, the quarterback room in Jacksonville is far better today than it was this time last year. Does anybody believe Foles will get Jacksonville back in the wild card conversation? Uh, man, I don't know. This team... Um, I don't see it. Uh, yeah, it's man, hard um, based upon where they're at now in this division. I don't see how he could get them... I mean, he. I mean, there's a possibility. Um, they're sitting at four and five. Uh, they would have to, you know, run the table on everybody in the division um, in order for that to happen. Um, so, does he have an opp- chance to do it? Yeah, but I don't see. I only see one team coming out of the South. I don't see two teams coming out of the South right now. And it seems like Houston is sort of separating themselves from everyone else. Uh, if there is a second team, I think it, it will be Indianapolis, um, unless even without Brissett, unless yeah, unless this Brissett thing, you know, is is you know for the season of the you know for for at least the next five or six games, 
then they have a problem with Hoyer at quarterback. I don't think he gives them the same thing that Jacoby Brissett did. So this could just be a one-man race at this point in time with Houston. Um, You might have Indy that can stay up there. I'm not going to – you know, I'm not doubting uh, Indy because we doubt it. A lot of people doubted him when when Andrew Luck decided to walk away and look where they're at now. I'm not going to doubt him. It's going to be tougher, but I'm not going to doubt him. So the other news of the day yesterday in the NFL, Cam Newton will be placed on the injured reserve list. And I saw something where if the Carolina Panthers would decide to part ways with him, they would save 19 of the $21 million that they would owe Cam Newton next year. Now, they already have Kyle Allen. They've drafted Will Greer. And we got a tweet this morning from Forged in Blue, who sent us all a tweet. He says, I'm watching uh, First Things First on Fox Sports 1. That's your first mistake. That's your first mistake. Exactly. <laughs> with, with Nick Wright and Chris Canty. And he said both agreed that Cam Newton would end up on the Titans. And they asked wow, us if, really? if, we, if we would like that. Guys, I, I think Cam is shot. What, what makes – see, this is what – You're I falling say, in love with a name. Is, this is what I say when – and, and, we, and, and we, we, we say this uh, – and you never want to kind of broad brush, you know, national people. It, you just don't. But this is when you don't do your homework. You just look at a team that's struggling with the quarterback, and you say, oh, he, he would work better with that. Have they seen the Tennessee Titans offensive line? <laughs> They haven't. That's an asinine comment to well, say that, that Cam Newton would be in, in Tennessee. No, John Robinson doesn't want – he's injury prone. Why do I want a guy that was put on IR yesterday. to be my quarterback of the future? Yeah. No way, no how. He, do I, I will stick with Tannehill if that's the case. Uh, well, Seriously. He, here's what I would say, and I'd lump Teddy Bridgewater in this, and I'd lump Marcus Mariota into this. I'll put Cam Newton into this conversation along with Ryan Tannehill. They have to have a quarterback. So mm-hmm. we all we all think that drafting a quarterback is the right answer in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a first-rounder, a second-rounder this year or next year, meaning 2020 or 2021, whatever. We, we know that they're going to have to address it with a young player who's going to be the guy of the future at some point. But in the meantime, you have to have a starting quarterback. If you told me I could have Cam Newton, Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, or Teddy Bridgewater at a Jacoby Brissett cost, you know, two years, $30 million, $15 million per year, which just doesn't exist anymore in the NFL, it's just not the going rate but if you can get me a Jacoby Brissett contract for one of those four guys I take any of them I'm fine with any of them because somebody has to play quarterback while you're searching and finding your uh, your your real quarterback so like I I don't know if any of those guys I don't I don't think Bridgewater or Cam Newton would take that kind of money right I think Tannehill might I think if I'm Marcus I'd much rather go get that money somewhere else I need to try my hand or my head somewhere else in a different organization because this organization is just not it's just not there with him and Marcus needs a new start. But, again, I think any of those guys can do the job of holding the fort down for two years while you find the guy. Um, I just think if you're expecting Cam Newton to come in and be the answer, then I think you're just sorely mistaken on that. Uh, I know, ultimately, money talks. But if you're Cam Newton and you <clears throat> excuse me, if you value your health, Mm-hmm. Why? Why? As much of abuse as he has taken physically, <laughs> a lot of it's self inflicted because yeah. he, you know, the he runs he like a fullback. Yeah. Why not go to the Colts? Why would you come here? Like if I'm Cam, I'd go to the Colts. I mean, I, that's like a death sentence to come to Tennessee. I mean, I know we don't have state income tax, but you really want Big Raj protecting your blind side? <laughs> Here's the deal: Cam was a phenomenal player. He was this, you know, he was a league this, MVP. He was a transformer. He, 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 that's basically what he was. He was, a he was a transformer. He can do it all. He was Megatron. 
Well, those days are behind him. Not to say that he's now just a bad quarterback, but those days, those things that made him great, he can't no longer do because of injury. Mm -hmm. It caught up with him. It's caught up with him. This is a guy that is not even above 60% completion rate rating rate rate. Rating? Yeah, completion rate. That was a remix. Yeah, exactly. Remix. (laughs) He's at 59%. A guy with an injury history. I am not, if I'm John Robinson, why would I do that? I'm sticking with Tannehill. If that's the case, I'm just re-signing Tannehill. I'd agree. And, 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 And at least, if I'm keeping Arthur Smith, at least Tannehill, the guys know him, the guys feel comfortable with him. They understand him. He understands the offense. He understands what we want out of him. I am going to sign him to a bridge deal. Draft the quarterback, sign him to. I'm not going to bring in a guy that just got off of IR that's a below 60% passer. I'm not doing that. Because he's not giving me what he used to give Carolina. If we're talking bridge deals for the Titans, I would rank him in this order of the four we mentioned. Assuming all things are equal, money Mm -hmm. and all that. I go Bridgewater 1, Tannehill 2, Mario to 3. Cam Newton four. Yeah, that that would be my four. I wouldn't argue with that. I I wouldn't argue with that at all. I like Tannehill's physical traits better than Bridgewater, but Teddy Bridgewater just finds a way to manage. Bridgewater's a smart player. Yeah, he's a smart player. He's much more of a game manager. Does not have the arm. That's the thing is he's got the same kind of arm that Marcus has. Like it's not. He's not going to be making the deep out route throws. You know, like that's. But he's a winner, and he just figures out how to win games. And I, I just. Bridge, the problem is that Bridgewater is going to be looking at 22, like a Nick Foles-like contract is what he's going to be looking for. Although I think there's a chance he resigns with the Saints as a backup for like one more year. Um, Cam, I would expect, is asking for a lot of money. We don't know what Ryan Tannehill wants financially. Mm-hmm. His his last contract was huge. So now it didn't work out, but what is he asking for? Is, is he okay with a Jacoby Brissett deal? Two, two, again, two years, $15 million per. That, that's the Brissett deal. If you can give me one of those guys at the Brissett con cost then i think any of them work but you might as well just stick with the guy who's here at that point with Tannehill, and just say hey you're a placeholder dude we know what you are mm-hmm. you're not the future but we like you enough to keep you around we're going to go draft a quarterback you're going to help us groom him and then he's going to take over in a year year and a half two years whatever it may be from teddy b to timmy b we'll talk with tim brando coming up next all things college football playoff and of course the big one on saturday in tuscaloosa alabama lsu tim brando knows that rivalry very very well back after this on morning drive